Hi everyone, in this episode with Lennart Wittgen, you're going to learn a lot about Kollerebe, the agency, creative agency based out of Hamburg and their newest project, Correct, which is a platform for sustainable products and services. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about change, uh, the way the company changes through their acquisition from um, Accenture by Accenture, um, the passing of one of their founders, Stefan Kolle, um, the way they are approaching culture, diversity, and all those important topics. As an agency, if you want to talk about sustainability, you often end up in just doing campaigns, and that can quickly become greenwashing. And we didn't want to do that because we don't, we don't believe in it. So tune in. It's very, very interesting. I would say one of the best episodes yet. Uh, and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Off the Record Conversations on the Creative Landscape podcast by Cherry Deck. My name is Philip, and I'm happy to have here with me today Lennart Bitgen, who's the managing director of Kolle Rebbe. Kolle Rebbe is a creative agency based out of Hamburg, Germany, and they are one of the most important and most successful uh, creative agencies uh, with big clients, won lots of prizes and um, has been recently, or not recently, but a couple of years ago, acqui been acquired by Accenture. And uh, we're super happy to have you here today, Lennart. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Philip. Great to be here. Yeah. So uh, maybe we can start off. How did you start your day today? Um, basically, like always, um, alarm clock, snooze a couple of times, and then uh, some coffee, uh, making breakfast for the kids, mm -hmm. brought them to school, got on the bike, and was super excited to be in the office. Um, hasn't been happening very often lately. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, some colleagues are here as well, so it's, it's good to see faces and yeah. people. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that it's good to see people again. It's the same for me, or same, probably for everybody uh, in the office life. I just I already want to jump in on a specific topic. So um, you got here by bikes. Are you a notorious bike rider or is it sometimes you take the bike, sometimes the bus, sometimes the car? Um, I It's prop, it's my preferred vehicle, I'd say. Mm -hmm. It's uh, my preferred way of, for mobility. And But sometimes I do take a car, especially, you know, organizing stuff or traveling with the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, then it's easy. But otherwise, I, I ride the bike as a commute, but also... Um, road biking as, as a sport. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting. Um, because I wanted to talk about Correct, uh, which is um, yeah your initiative of change thinking. Um, but before we get to that, um, maybe you can give us a brief update about what Kollerebe is doing for the audience so they get a better picture of um, who we're talking to or who we listen to. Obviously, the agency landscape today is very, very scattered. I'd, I'd say we are we are a full service agency. Um, we started 25 years ago as a classical advertising agency, and um, always focused around creativity. And that is still true today. Obviously, the channels have changed, and um, the way we work has changed. But whenever we feel we can elevate brands via creativity, that's that's what we do, and that's what we are what we are quite quite good in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's reflected in um, your client relationships and your awards. What What is your, you know, the the most important award to you you've ever won? I guess the the, the most important award or reward is actually seeing happy clients and happy co colleagues and employees. I think that's actually much more important than than awards itself. Mm -hmm. But it is it is a it's a recognition of of our work 
and obviously winning at Cannes is 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 still the, um, the so like winning the World Cup. So yeah. um, the Lions are still, I guess, number one. A, a big thing. Yeah, a big a big thing in the in the industry. Even though I can understand people say it's it's somewhat weird, <laughs> a weird why, business. Why is it why is it a weird business? Because you 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 hand in stuff, you pay for handing it in, and then somebody says it's great. So it's a somewhat a, a, a artificial, yeah, an artificial okay. surrounding. And um, people who are, come from the industry judge the industry, but also also the the awards um, have have evolved, and there are much more people from different industries involved nowadays. So I think it, it's going in the right direction, but still I understand that people who don't come from the industry think it's somewhat a an artificial surrounding. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you could also argue it's also a nice way for everybody to get together again and have a good time uh, in a nice place. So uh, not too bad. Probably uh, everybody's looking forward more than ever to the next uh, yeah. live award shows, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you're a managing director now. Uh, I guess you're, you're a big part of your work is also, you know, evolving the organization, working with uh, your shareholders, um, you know, making sure like all the structures, uh, the growth structures work out. And I guess you're probably not that involved in client projects anymore as you used to be. Um, could you let me know, like, how did your role change over the years? And maybe we can, you know, jump, give, get a little career wrap up. So I... I'm in client service, so I started studying business economics, and I always thought that um, the studies itself actually quite quite boring. But I like the flexibility and the openness it gives you to decide what you do afterwards. And um, during that, I, I ran a bar and a club, and I realized that advertising actually doing stuff and and bringing people in, and I, I like the creativity around it, and I like working with a creative product. And that's why I decided to come into advertising. Started as project management in, in a global American Young and Rubicum agency. Mm -hmm. um, later on, I moved to Berlin with Leo Burnett, where I was also exposed to design and worked at the intersection of design and advertising. And uh, then I came to Colorado as, as a unit lead. Mm -hmm. And also that already was still project management, but obviously very, very close to clients, very, very close to the people and more and more running running teams and kind of trying to lay strategic foundations for the agency and also for the client. Mm -hmm. And then four years ago, I became a managing director. And I think there, there are two things which, which change. You realize that the good product of the agency is always the product of the people. Mm -hmm. So you focus much more, even more around the people and how to make it a great surrounding for them. And at the same time, without our clients, obviously, um, you don't um, you don't prosper as an agency. Mm -hmm. So you try to understand what moves them and how they actually um, where they want to go and how we can help with the agency to move there. So that's you, you kind of that's the two things you evolve an agency by looking at the people and by looking at the clients and their needs. Mm -hmm. And that's basically most part of my of my day, right? Are are you using like a certain methodology to to you know help your your people grow on a career and personal level, or is it more like a intrinsic um, yeah or no nah, you're not motivated, but it, or is it more something coming from inside that you you know want to 
see your people happy, make your people happy? How how are you? Yeah, is it more like methodological? I I I think it's probably both. So obviously we do have processes on on um, people achievement and how. Mm -hmm. We, we evolve people. There are programs. There are programs for people who only want to do like a career on on content and some more on a management level, especially in the creative side. That's always a discussion because creatives more and more, the more they become a creative director and suddenly they manage more than they actually are being creative. So we try to have two paths for, for creatives in the agency. Um, so there are, there are processes and tools which we use, but at the same time, there are, there are basically two sentences in which we really believe. One is... Um, We help each other to be great. It's a sentence Stefan Koller, our founder, always always preached to us. Mm -hmm. And we, we still really believe in this. Um, helping each other, trying to stand in for each other, trying to support each other. Um, especially in a pandemic, quite an, quite an important sentence to us. And the, the second one is um, we, we believe in common sense. And I think we often try to use tools and methodologies and all these kind of things. And we kind of forget about just using our brain and trying to sit down with people and have, have a conversation about things. Mm -hmm. So using common sense is, is something which we try to apply to everything we do. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems to work out because people like if you talk to them, how they talk to their friends. And that's what we, we try to do with clients mm -hmm. and also with our people. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate. Does that make sense in any way? Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely, it absolutely makes sense. Um, I'm going to touch uh, on 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 both the things you you said um, uh, later on. I was fortunate enough to also get to know you in a in a or not you personally, but your the agency in a in a work environment early uh, in 2012. So nearly 10 years ago, um, through a, a venture I was um, I was involved in. And uh, also later on uh, with one of your initiatives called Corefe. Um, and I, I, what I realize is that um, you really try to think of, you know, what's not just what's next from a trend perspective, but like what makes sense at the moment. Yeah, I guess this is also why you founded Correct. Um, maybe to dive into Correct now. Yeah. Correct is a, yeah, it's basically your internal platform um, to push change, yeah, to push change in different directions. So uh, in regards of diversity, environmental thinking, you've been very early on environmental topics. So for example, you, Kolarebe uh, was one of the main contributors to Stop the Water, which was a revolutionary uh, product, like 10, I don't know how old it even is, it's like over more than 10 years old. Um, it's basically, a, it was a, yeah. you know, started, I think, as a soap, And it, it just had a sign on it on the soap saying stop the water while using me so that people would turn off the water while brushing their teeth or washing their hands or whatever, uh, which I think is really, really cool. So can you tell me more about Correct and um, what are your plans there and what are you trying to achieve? So as you just mentioned, stop the water was basically the, the nucleus for our um, sustainability initiatives um, more than 10 years ago it started and it was probably one of the first purpose brands if, if you didn't call it that way at the time but uh, it, it already was and um, we realized we, we learned a lot from this we learned a lot about sustainability we also learned a lot about actually how to how to sell and, and distribute products um, and there were more initiatives following so as you said we were also involved in ventures we had one venture which is Ikan footwear it's a sustainable shoe sneaker startup from from frankfurt they only produce stuff in um in portugal 
without any toxic um, manufacturing processes. And with them already that started 2015, basically we always had the idea to start some kind of consulting or agency together because we realized that the hands-on attitude from somebody who founded a company in this mm -hmm. area plus the agency know-how can actually really do something for people. Mm -hmm. um, but then obviously we, we, you already touched on Accenture. Accenture came, we had other topics in mind and we put to, I, I took up the um, topic again last year Mm -hmm. And we realized that if you, as an agency, if you want to talk about sustainability, you often end up in just doing campaigns and that can quickly become greenwashing. And we mm -hmm. didn't want to do that because we don't, we don't believe in it. Mm -hmm. So we asked around an Accenture and we were really happy to find people who really know, they know how to calculate a CO2 footprint. I just don't, I have no mm -hmm. idea how to do this. Me neither. I have and I, but you need this to really change something. If, if you if you come to a company and, and they want to talk to you about um, changing the way they manufacture, change their supply chain, change their services, their products, their campaigns, um, we want to have a an approach which is not only based on the know-how and the creative ideas from an agency, but additionally on the entrepreneurial know-how from what we call a collective, which is mm -hmm. um, entrepreneurs like the Eken founders and also uh, Fabio Hebel, which is a known um, chef here in Hamburg and uh, Yoko Rykov, who has One of your favorites, I heard. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, I met him through food first. Food is, food is something which, which, uh, which, I like, which I like a lot and uh, spend a lot of time on. So we, we got together this collective of entrepreneurs who really work in this space already and then have on the other end, as, as a third pillar, we have the deep knowledge and know-how from Accenture. So we really um, want to go beyond classical creative agency work mm -hmm. and provide a service which can fundamentally change the way companies think and mm -hmm. work mm -hmm. and hopefully produce products, produce services. Products. And do you also do you also invest in in those companies? So um, I mean, I, I I mean, you you get in touch with a lot of different types of business models, companies, industries, sectors, everything. And do do you also invest in those companies, or do you like build them from the ground up, or do you see yourself more as a kind of like senior stakeholder in the, in their business, or what what is the what is the formal relationship? I think for correct, we, 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 we focus on being really a partner who mm -hmm. is um, a third party partner who can really help in various kinds of fields, be that consulting, be that um, communication, mm -hmm. service design. So um, we, it, it's quite young. And obviously, I, what I like is we are an entrepreneur, we have an entrepreneurial culture. That's where we, that's where we come from as Colerebe, and we, we still keep this. So we don't say no to any kind of model. We are always open to discuss different things, but we don't have like uh, an approach to say, this is the only way to do it. it we, let's see what makes sense, obviously, in, in client relationships, whether that's startups who need, who need help on ignition or that's uh, multinationals who rather um, seek a partner, which um, you know, kind of shows them, gives them the mirror and uh, makes them mm. point at the things which could be better. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so for all the listeners, I can I think I can underline this entrepreneurial spirit at heart also because um, uh, your founders, Stefan Collin, Stefan Rebbe, they were also early believers, for example, in Tarek Müller, who's the uh, CEO of About You, yeah. uh, which is an, a big online commerce giant now IPOing soon, um, a, a real success story. Um, a, a young guy just, yeah. you know, pulling it off. And um, and uh, I think especially um, Stefan Kolle, uh, one of your founders, like believed in him really, really early. Um, so I can really he underline. He was a mentor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's one nice, nice, nice story of, of, of Stefan and the entrepreneurial yeah. um, approach of Kolle Rebbe, which I think is is quite explanatory for, for how we how we think. There was a client who came and said, you know what, my cookies are not selling. I um, I want to sell more cookies and can you do a great campaign? And what we said is, yeah, sure, we can do a great campaign, but actually you need to do better cookies first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to help. It's not going to be sustainable. It's not mm-hmm. going to be long-term. And I think that's very classical that even though we as an advertising agency could have said, yeah, sure, come on, give us the money. Let's do a yeah. great campaign. We decided to say no. You know what? Work on your product first, and actually, mm-hmm. if you want, we like to support you, and that's what we started off doing with Corifé. Actually, mm-hmm. working on products as well, mm-hmm. um, we support you in the ideation phases for new cookies. You know, look at customer trends, look at consumer insights, and then um, work with them on the cookies first, and then later on on the mm-hmm. campaign. Mm-hmm. I think this is a this is a good approach. Yeah. I mean, uh, also. The, the cool thing, I mean, it pays might pay off in the end as well, also from an economical standpoint, because if the product is more successful sure. and the campaign is then successful, you know, th- those people become extremely loyal customers, you know, to you and, and, and work with you on the long term, which I think is really, really, I mean, especially important in the agency business, you know, where where clients can, you know, get pitches in from 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 all of the other places. Let me talking about pitches let me let me ask you how does um this pitching business in the agencies work you know we run a community of creatives uh photographers and videographers um do you have, do you have some pitch advice i think um if you also look at different at other industries you realize that the pitching ways of working in, in in our industry are quite quite unique we actually mm-hmm. deliver almost a ready product mm-hmm. and not only one agency does that but three or four do that on a brief by the client deliver ready to eat meal mm-hmm. and then um, the client kind of chooses oh i take that meal oh i like today i like veal better than um chicken or oh, i take the other one and then three go home and the fourth one takes it all yeah. and there are a few things we, what we do is we really try to get the client on the phone beforehand and talk to them. How serious are they about it? How much, uh, how, for how long are they planning to work with you afterwards? Mm-hmm. Do, what do they seek? Do they seek just somebody to give them some ideas and do it themselves? Or do they really want a creative partner for a long time? So I think it's really, really important to have a, have a senior relationship with a client about what, why are they pitching what they want to achieve? I think that's, mm-hmm. that's number one. We decided never to pitch without a pitch fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so you basically start up that somewhat pitch fee, meaning like, okay, you say like, okay, I'm going to pitch you, but you give us a, a, a flat fee of like, I don't know, X to cover the cost. At least a little amount, um, which is 
often it's not more than actually a recognition of 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 our work it's, it's mm-hmm. not really paying for it but i think at least that is 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 a, is important mm-hmm. and uh, we don't sell our ideas in a, mm-hmm. in a pitch we, mm-hmm. we don't we don't do that it's probably the, the okay. third one which is and which is important it's it's probably also getting in the 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 real commitment of the client right to see if he has a real commitment And do they if you um, at least have a chance to take a project away afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. The industry has changed. We have much more it used to be much more long term and much more retainer based. Nowadays it's often just pitching projects. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the reasoning by the client. I still believe, you know, looking back at the cookie mm-hmm. example, really having a partner and and building on a relationship mm-hmm. over a long term can be something very, very um, value-generating for both sides. Mm-hmm. Do you see there a difference between companies that approach you that are run by entrepreneurs and founders versus companies that are run by um, installed managers? Is there a difference in, the, in, in that? If you would put it black and white, I'd say definitely yes. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are, in both cases, examples where that's not true but we do have a, a long history with what you would call german hidden champions or german mittelstand mm-hmm. um, small medium businesses and which today are our market leaders kombacher has been with us for over um i think seven years or eight years now and i think they are they're a great client because you know the handshake is still worth something and you look mm-hmm. each other into the eye and you say okay we do this together yes we will do this together mm-hmm. and um This is something I think which help, helps them and helps helps us. And we do have many of these clients, and often they are family owned or entrepreneurial owned. Mm-hmm. And I think there is in there is a greater responsibility and understanding of what entrepreneurial and founding actually means. And that an age, for an agency, it's also important to plan long term to get the best people on board. If you have a long term commitment. So um, I would say, whereas in multinationals, often a manager is assigned for a job for like two or three years, and then he changes it. Um, that mm-hmm. gives you much more short-term thinking than mm-hmm. actually a family-run business, which plans 12, 15 years ahead. Yeah, or, or to also hand over the business to the next generation or so. On the other hand, though, you can. there is obviously... The multinationals drive innovation quite often as well. They um, they are often very fast. You do uh, you hop on new trends quickly, on new media quicker. So um, we really like to have the mix of both because you can profit from both. And our also for the people, it's great to do to work in in different environments because mm-hmm. you know that that always is inspiration. What what type of clients are your favorite clients? Um, I mean, you can you can name them like by name if you want. Or at what moment are you extremely happy with a client? Not just if they pay off, but like from a internal or like substantial standpoint. So in, uh, we have we have a we kind of have a, a a checklist with, with for our clients. And I think it obviously it ends up in, in true partnership. And one is, it's, it's, it's in German, it's the three G it's Geld, Gold, Glück in English would be 
money, gold, which is great creativity mm-hmm. and um, happiness and working together. Mm-hmm. And I think um, obviously it needs to be economically working for both sides. Mm-hmm. It needs, we want to have great creativity out of it, not for the sake of creativity, but creativity would actually moves the needle for the client and obviously is something we can be proud of. And the third one is the working relationship Mm -hmm. that you really can trust each other. And I think trust means not that they always say, oh, Leonard, everything you and Colorado do is just great. No, it means that they actually challenge me, that they talk to me and say, you know what, the team isn't good here. You haven't been performing there. Let's work on this together. And Mm -hmm. at the same time that we also have the opportunity to talk to a client and say, you know what, we would do this differently. Our mm. advice is not fulfilling your briefing, but our mm. advice is to do it, you know, to to do different cookies. Mm. And if you have that kind of relationship, then that really is trust in a, in a, and a powerful partnership. And I think that's the kind of clients I, I, I really love. Often this doesn't come within a month or two. It has really to do with a long-term relationship. But just to name one or two clients, uh, obviously not a complete list, but I've been working with the Aktion Mensch for, mm-hmm. it's a German social lottery, for seven or eight years now. And we've really installed this relationship where you can challenge each other and can trust each other. Mm-hmm. And um, also I have a very new client, which is Aldi mm-hmm. and uh, the German, um, the biggest German discounter. And... Um, they are already, after quite a short time, we have a very good relationship where it's very much on eye level and we both um, have the impression that we um, can evolve this to a really, really great relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, just to name it, two of them. Yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sure if you work with Aldi, we will see great things there. Because uh, the, I mean, I think it's a very interesting client because the discounter market also has changed. I think Lidl, I mean, if you live in Germany, Lidl has moved uh, uh, up their, their you know, I would say, brand equity over the past years quite significantly. Um, so really looking forward to seeing what Ali is doing. I think it's a great, it's a great industry. It's a fun industry because obviously everybody uses it. We all seen in the pandemic how, how we relying we are on, on, on the supermarket. Yeah. And um Aldi, everybody knows Aldi is such a historical brand in Germany, somewhat has such big brand equity, mm. but you might want to do something with young, for younger people with the brand. So it's, mm. it's a, it's a, I think also for creatives, it's a great territory to work on. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I, I think especially, I mean, I think all the old, yeah, old in Gänsefüßchen, uh, brands, you know, that are, that, yeah. are, that are seemingly old school. I think they're always like a great territory to, to, to show some flex, you know, as a, as a creative or as a designer, if, if they allow you to do so, if they allow you to be creative. I mean, just look at brands like Ratsherrn or Jägermeister or, or whatever um, that have been like really like old yeah. and, and now they're all over the place. Never, never write them off. I mean, it's great what uh, I think the agencies Larette doing with um, mm-hmm. with Jägermeister. I think I mean everybody's talking about gorillas now yeah. here in the at least in the in the urban areas in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wouldn't write the discounters or the uh, or Edeka, Rewe, Aldi, Lidl. I wouldn't write them off. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do have the power to to change, but mm-hmm. they have to change as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's 
That's why it's interesting to be in an industry where you do have challenges at the same time and have established businesses mm -hmm. on the other hand. Would you advise a client like Aldi to buy a company like Gorillas? Oh, okay. So for everybody who doesn't know Gorillas, Gorillas is a is a newly formed startup. Um, I think they're just about a year old or so and received 10 or hundreds of millions of funding already. And what they do is you can order your groceries via app and they will deliver it within 10 minutes. So it's an extremely overwhelmingly cool experience ordering. Um, so, I mean, they're expanding a lot. They're getting a lot of young customers. Would you advise an Aldi like to buy this company for probably yeah, at a valuation of a two billion or so? I, I think it would probably be somewhat unserious if I'd um, if I'd advise to to buy them. What I would say is you should definitely take them serious, right? Mm -hmm. I think that is that is really really important that you take mm -hmm. them serious. We've seen it so many times that established companies have not taken challenges serious and suddenly they've been overtaking mm -hmm. uh, you know i mean they've been people laugh they've been people in the german auto industry laughing on tesla i've uh, talked to a hotel manager a couple of years ago and he said airbnb what is that they don't even have rooms they own mm -hmm. and they had and, and we've got so much real estate and in the end it's not about that it's about yeah. the experience right and it's about people don't care whether you have real estate they want to have great experience in the city and that's the same here Gorillas is not only about the access to um, the yogurt. It's 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 about the experience on how to interact with it. It's mm. just so easy to do it on the smartphone. And within 10 minutes, the stuff is in my flat. And I can't go myself into the next door supermarket, which is not far away. I live straight in the city and do that in the same time. Yeah. It's just yeah. impossible, even yeah. if I run. Yeah. So it's, it's an amazing it's, it's, concept. It's always about it's always about experience. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want fast access to the best creatives for your campaigns? Find the perfect talent from a curated community of professionals and industry newcomers at Cherry Deck. The process is simple. Create an account, submit a brief, wait for applications, and get a shortlist of the best talent. Explore more at cherrydeck.com. I would I would like to um, talk about like the change of culture at Colorebe. So for you, your agency is like what, 25 something years old. So founded by Stefan Kolesch, yeah. Stefan Rebbe. Um, and in the in the past five years, you had two major e events uh, that impacted the the company. The first one was the acquisition by Accenture, and the second one was the death of Stefan Kolle, uh, one of the company founders. Can you tell me how did your culture or how did the company change through those two events? Obviously, you, you, I'll try to separate them a little bit from each other, mm -hmm. even though obviously in reality you can't separate these these yeah. things. Uh, together with Stefan, we started the discussions with, with Accenture Interactive, and um, he was really excited about it. And then suddenly, um, very surprisingly, he, he, passed, he passed away. That's three and a half years ago. And he's been 
the the most important figure in in this company. It's been very much driven by him the last couple of years. Stefan Rebe had decided in 2015 um, to step out. So Stefan has been the the spiritus rector of the of the agency. And obviously, he was also the one taking the ultimate decisions, even though there was a board of managing directors of Geschäftsführer um, around him. But he was um, a good founder in the sense that he had always decided it's, he doesn't need to do everything himself and he doesn't need to know everything himself. It's also about having great people around it. So he had brought in Fabian Frese as one of the best creative um, chief creative officers there is in Germany. He brought him in. Fabi is definitely probably a better creative than Stefan. Maybe not the better entrepreneur, but the better creative. So they, um, it, it was very smart from Stefan to put him in place, and also on the and the and the other managing directors. So what we did was we changed from a more like a hierarchic um, structure to a more collective structure because suddenly there was not one primus inter pares, but actually um, a group of six running running the agency, mm-hmm. which which changes the culture um, overall. I think we became more democratic overall in the agency. We um, it's but I'm not saying that wouldn't have worked with Stefan because he realized that obviously the culture in for the young talents is changing and it's become much more about democracy, about flat hierarchies, about um, learning from the youngest, which has a lot to do with digital transformation as well. I always like the, the trend uh, report I once read said nowadays, you know, when when we started working, you would we would start working and try to look the same way the CEO does. Nowadays, mm-hmm. the CEO wears the same sneakers the young guys wear. Mm-hmm. So there's really a change in in, in perspective, mm-hmm. and I think the democratization uh, in in our organization has helped us to to keep up with it. What we also did is, is we still talk a lot about Stefan. We talk a lot the sentences. I mentioned two of them beforehand. One was um, a common sense. The other one was help each other to be great. And the third one is nix is fixed, which means um, nothing is set in stone. We are always evolving. And also beforehand, the company has looked different every th- three years because you change by clients. The industry changes so fast, probably now even more than ever before. And I think... It's probably one of the most exciting times to be in marketing mm. because the opportunities are just endless. Huge. But obviously, that's also a threat in a way. Mm. Um, and then that's also one of the reasons why we decided to um, go with Accenture Interactive because we said, you know, if, if we want to be a better agency in five years, what is what we need to do? And what we had a we had, we had quite substantial size of 250 people for a creative agency and to move on and to really, really be part of this digital transformation, we said it's it's Harakiri to do this just out of out of yourself and mm-hmm. to be a, uh, to provide mm-hmm. jobs for everyone here and actually grow. It's great to have a partner on which shoulders you can stand. Mm-hmm. And we preferred to have someone which adds stuff to us and is, is complementary rather than mm-hmm. actually providing the same service already. That's why we decided for interactive because they add tech to us. They add data. Um, but we can add creativity. We want mm-hmm. to add something as well. We can contribute. Whereas being at WPP might have been just another agency in their portfolio. Mm-hmm. That's why we decided this way. Mm-hmm. And how did it change the, the agency? As I said, we, we, we change all the time. And it's not done yet. 
this kind of change curve will it's it's a marathon not a sprint mm -hmm. and i think maybe in two years time i could give a, a final answer to this but yes the processes have changed and they've become more corporate in some ways but the opportunities have changed as well and um, there are so many open doors we um, it's more about deciding which ones you take mm -hmm. than actually uh, not seeing them so culture is yeah, ever-changing i guess Is it uh, touching on uh, Accenture? Um, do you see it in the day-to-day -day that you're more data-driven now and or more tech-driven or more, you know, mobile thinking? Or how how does it change? Like for the, I mean, not for you obviously because you have you know the the big picture in mind, but for the you know the intern, the 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 junior creative that's coming in, you know, straight from college or so. Do they do they feel this this change? Yes, I, I, I would definitely say. I mean, the the media has changed. You get much quicker feedback on what works and what doesn't work, and um, this has an influence on on how how you how you work. Things become more short term, and you can also evolve them quicker. Mm -hmm. So if you have an ad in a magazine, you hardly know afterwards whether that worked well or not. That's why market mm. research makes sense beforehand. Mm. If it's about an Insta story um, or collaboration with a creator on TikTok, then you have immediate feedback on, on how that worked. Mm. At the same time, though, you should make sure that you don't forget about the bigger picture you're trying to achieve for a client. Mm. Sometimes um, you tend to be very short-term driven and don't really think about the long-term results which you want to have for your brand. So building brand through these short-term short -term things is something where you um, always have should have an eye on, mm -hmm. that these things don't contradict but actually support each other. I recently observed a, a, a very cool example of this like type of thinking. Uh, we were working together with About You On a, on a clip for the About You Awards together with Nike. And um, the briefing was, please do a video and um, should also should be shot on mobile phone only. And um, so our community of creators, especially the professionals and the, the little bit older ones, they asked like, yeah, well, but I have this super cool, crazy cameras. Um, why shouldn't I use this one? Because, and then they said, well, it's going to be shown on mobile only. That's why mobile phone is sufficient and it's the it's not just sufficient from a from a from a resolution perspective but it's it's the actual experience the viewpoint is the same which makes the experience more um yeah more authentic at some at some ways authentic yeah i think it's so much about authenticity it's so mm -hmm. much about authenticity in that mm -hmm. way um that this The high glossy approach isn't always the right solution. It's not always that the mobile phone is sufficient, but it's not vice versa mm. either. And I think um, because things are short term, we've just um, you talked about Sal about you now. I talk about Salando. Um, mm. We we just this week launched a campaign, activists of optimism, and that is quite rough and but it, it feels in, in the way it's produced and, and it's a lot is mobile first and mobile just shot by your mobile phone as well because 
we're in a pandemic. We had to, mm. the, the creators had to produce the stuff themselves. We couldn't travel there. We kind mm. of via phone, we directed them a little bit on how you do it. Mm. And it's been new for the director as well. Quite funny. Sometimes the boyfriend took <laughs> took his took phone and, and shot the, 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 the sequences. But it gives you an authentic look. And I mm. think if you scroll through your thread in Insta or wherever you are, it's good for a brand to feel part of your daily life and your community. Yeah. You, you, you want to you wanna interact with it like it's a friend. So it's, yeah. it's important to have some kind of a authentic look and feel. Obviously, it depends on products and on whether it's premium yeah, of course. or mid-level range. But of course. Yeah. But you could also have this kind of so. experience with a with a with a luxury brand. I mean, with a brand like I don't know Gucci or uh, Prada or uh, uh, Maybach or or whatever. You could have this type of experience. Yeah, I mean, look at Balenciaga. It used to be an yeah. haute couture brand. Nowadays, it's 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 just an expensive streetwear brand. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, so crazy, crazy how this has changed, yeah. right? Streetwear. This the hip hop culture has become. Or club cultures become really um, driving the fashion industry, yeah. and that is, um, I mean, who wears a suit nowadays <laughs> in in business? It's, it's really we both sit here in in, in, in t-shirts, and yeah, in even hats. though in advertising it's always been more like that, yeah. and bucket hats, it 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 changed a lot. Yeah, the um, do um, do you attract talents because they can work on such um, Yeah, interesting or on the forefront of like how brands evolve because I mean when you go to college and you or when you graduate or you don't even have to go to college but when you like start your career you know you you think of there's like a couple of options you studied business I also studied business you know you either go to like the McKinsey type of world or the investment banking or you go into a, a, a big corporate like P&G or, or, or Mercedes or Lufthansa Or you go to an agency, or you found your own company. So I mean, you're you're in the war for talent. You have to fight for the best people. Do they come to you um, because of this these aspects that they can really like move and create? Um, because obviously, in agencies, everybody knows like it's not the salaries are not competitive with a with a McKinsey or so. So um, is, is this what, what makes people come to you? It made me come to an agency instead of the other options you just mentioned, definitely. But um, talking about our employees, I think there are two things which are important to them. I th one is somewhat a purpose or let's say the way the company um, thinks about actually the, the world and how work what work should look like and which role work should play in, in their lives so the the fact that Colerebe has always had a reputation of being of doing great work but still being a, a nice place nobody's been mm -hmm. shouted at or don't have like the classical elbow mentality here mm -hmm. um, we always had that reputation and I think it's it's very true still nowadays and I think this really attracts talents for us at least within the industry mm -hmm. um, that they know Colerebe everybody says Colerebe is a good place we hear that quite often the asshole free zone is mm. is what some people say or a sentence i like as well is it's an ecosystem not an ecosystem mm. and this is, is is what we always what i try with my colleagues to work on every day that that's 
stays true. And the other one is that obviously the competition has, has changed for us, right? So we, we have to be honest. We are not only competing with Jung von Mant and Grabatz and all the and BBDO and all the other creative agencies. We are also competing with Facebook, Google, um, companies like Cherry Deck, startups. We, we are all in, in, in the same um, war for talent, as, mm -hmm. as, as it is often called. And I think we have to, the, the agency industry really has to find a way that we stay attractive. I think the, the, the salaries, the working hours, um, all these kind of things is something which has changed already over the last couple of years, but we will need to be competitive in this way um, to everything else. Then obviously things like diversity, um, inclusion is something I think where the industry still has to do a lot mm -hmm. and um, multinationals or Silicon Valley companies are much better in. Mm. I think that is really, really something the whole so, industry has to work on. Talking about it, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to challenge you now. Um, how, how are you going to do that from top down? Like, for example, your board of directors. How, how, what are your plans to, and yeah. that part to foster diversity? Last year, as Colerebe, we decided to uh, set ourselves a quote, which mm. is 50-50 um, overall um, within two years, and then 50-50 um, on each level in each position mm -hmm. um, two years later. Cool. So that's what that's we are cool. working on. And um, in, at some places, we already we already have achieved it, and some we haven't achieved it yet. Um, but we're very eager to support this. And I'm incredibly happy that at the same time, not only Colorab has decided that for themselves, but also Extension and Extension Interactive have, have decided more or less exactly the same mm. with Julie Sweet being the CEO um, in, uh, of, of, of Accenture. There's a lot of um, drive behind this mm. and there are many um, diversity initiatives, which I think mm. uh, are, are great. But also, it, this is only talking about gender, right? Mm. This is only one part to the story. So we're now also looking at, at the other parts. Um, as I said, for example, in, in inclusion and um, the whole range of LGBTQ, where we think um, we can still do more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how, how do you handle that at Cherry Deck? Uh, well, I mean, we have a um, we started as a international and team right away, basically. Um, so it started with simple things as company languages being English, and then my first employee was um, a woman from Thailand. So a uh, marketing manager from Thailand who didn't speak any German, who just moved here, who had a great CV where I said like, all right, I'm going to start it with this. And then um, we have people from Portugal, from France. Um, our engineering team uh, is from uh, in uh, Ljubljana and Sarajevo. So we're just, yeah. we're international by ourselves. And obviously all of our community is, um, is international yeah um we just released um uh, a couple of range of uh, editorials um talking about uh, underrepresented creatives because actually this is also something a lot of uh, clients are asking for at the moment obviously some clients do it because they really want to uh, change it some clients because they say okay we have to change because the market is demanding so uh, they ask for specifically um for example dark-skinned photographers or they say we want females um uh, we also hear on the other 
connotation we hear male uh, community members saying like well i i'm not getting a job because the company says we have to put a woman in place so it's um, there's a really a lot of you know if you think of the ocean floor you know it's you know somebody is like really making a huge huge dust cloud yeah and um i, ha I had agitated yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely and i had one more question how does this formally then look i mean do you um so or like operationally so you make this decision in the organization this can also be like any other decision um you make a decision and then do you is there like a project manager who says like okay i'm the person responsible and my kpi is this 50 50 um in the next uh two years and then they they have the ability for example um to hire specifically um those kind of people in those positions because i know in german law it's not like you can say like we're looking for a female uh uh, uh i don't know cmo Uh, because in, it's it's would it's it's discriminative if if you formulate it like that, but you still want have to do it. So how does this work in a process? We we take the decision. Our HR department is informed, and obviously we'll make sure that in in every position we choose, there is at least equal choice. First of all, right, mm -hmm. which I think is is really really important. And then you will have to see that you achieve your goals um, step step by step and position by position by position. Mm -hmm. And um, especially in the creative community, and also if you look at the art directors club, for example, mm -hmm. how how off the balance is there? Mm -hmm. um, it's it has been a discriminative society in the past, mm -hmm. and what we also try to do is we propose um, different working models, more flexible working models. Um, we've decided on four different ones which then uh, people can choose from because then they work for both sides. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's not only that you take a decision, but you then also have to live with it and live to it, live up to it, mm -hmm. right? And enable the, the decision makers in, mm -hmm. in our agency to actually have something at hand to make it possible. Because mm -hmm. just saying, do it, and then you don't have processes change, yeah. or working models in place, that's, that's not going to help, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, um, yeah. What is the what is the what is the change or the recent change you're most proud of in the last couple of I don't know months years? I mean, obviously the pandemic probably brought a lot of change. What is it? Is there something you're particularly proud of at the moment where you say like, "Hey, we did this," you know, and this was really cool. I think obviously, if we take the pandemic out, you you mentioned that um, losing a founder and at the same time having in, in or shortly afterwards um, becoming part of Accenture Interactive is two big changes mm -hmm. very close yeah. to each other. And I think um, that has been a change where I'm, I'm happy how we, how we manage it as a, as a, as a team mm -hmm. and um, still providing a good place to work for our people is I think what I'm most proud of at this mm -hmm. uh, within this um, whole bigger picture of change. And when we talk about more about actually agency work, I would say, no, actually that's the second answer to it, but I'd say um, we've, we've managed to move from being what you would call a classical agency to a social first agency. Mm -hmm. um, for some, Zalando is a, is a social first client. Aldi is a social first client. And um, 
I think it's really, really important because clients don't want a scattered agency landscape in many cases, I think. Mm -hmm. Too many, it, because it just becomes too complex. If you have for every channel of your own agency, yeah. it, it, um, it'll get complicated sooner or later. Yeah, and um, Or inefficient. Um, so making that work for us is, is, is great. But it never stops, right? You have to keep on, keep on evolving. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we've talked uh, a bit more than 50 minutes now. Um, yeah. I, I would like to uh, have like a, or like a nice segment of closing the conversation, uh, which is the future. Um, future is always like cool to talk about, I think. Um, How do you how do you see the, the the company in the next five years? How what what is going to change and um, what what is your personal contribution as a managing director going to be? And um, what are what are the things we can expect of you as a as a as an organization uh, in the next in the next couple of years? That's a question I could answer for another 50 minutes. I yeah, I mean, take, take your time. I mean, there's no um, time, time limit <laughs> in that sense. Um, as I think the industry is in such a tremendous transformation and marketing is moving from shouting at people to providing experiences. I think we as an agency really have the creative minds and creativity is the only thing which can't become commodity. Mm. And I think as an agency, we have the creative minds to always um, enable a, a relevant change and a sustainable change. And I think if we, if we stay true to, to our creativity And me as a as a manager for client service, I want to be an enabler to make that to make that work, to make us a better agency and provide great service to to our clients um, with not only fulfilling their briefs, but actually, as I said, you know, work on sustainability, on diversity, on the socially important topics in um, in our society. Mm. That that's uh, then then I would be very happy in five years if that's what Colorado would would stand for What's change for? Um, driving marketing change and um, building marketing which is good for society. I think I think um, in Germany there's a, a very uh, popular meme Instagram account uh, for the agency world which is Agentur Boomer. Um, I mean, everybody in the agency knows them. Knows them. Um, I'm pretty sure there are uh, uh, similar examples in in other languages. Um, sure. And this is a. I mean, there it's it's run by by agency people. Uh, but um, my my question would be, how do these kind of more like grassroots communication islands you know i mean it starts as a small instagram account it doesn't have a hundred thousand followers right away you know it starts like a, this really small thing you know like a, as a, as a uh, nucleus and um how do these things 
do they push the change? You know, do they push you as an agency to say like in the future we want to do this and want to do that, or 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 is it? Are you on the on a on a similar level? You know, when it comes to how you think change. You know, do you sometimes see this account? You know, and say like, yeah, man, this this is what we should do, or. I think if you, um, yes, yes, as a quick answer, I'd say yes. So they do push change. They are relevant. I have to laugh about them as well because, you know, you feel, you feel, um, if, if you're touched in a way, you, you do have experienced similar things. And I think it's always good to don't take yourself too serious, right? So mm -hmm. that's, that's, uh, um, I think that's why it's, it's a great phenomenon. But at the same time, all the, I mean, look at look at Greta and Fridays for Future, mm -hmm. our agency boomer. The the phenomenon is a similar one. Young people question the status quo mm -hmm. and make um, the established business world think differently about things they didn't think about beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a it's a it's a great it's a great development because. Until a couple of years ago, everybody always said, oh, the youth is not interested in politics more anymore. They only think about themselves. They're only mm -hmm. about having fun on the weekend. It's not true. I, I see mm -hmm. different things. If I look at, at young people today, I, I, I feel that they are really, really interested and that they really, really have a, have a strong understanding of what they want the world to look like. And I think that's, that's, that's great. It's yeah. all you can ask for from a, from a new generation. Absolutely. I think this is a great closing statement. Um, Lennart, thank you very much uh, for being with us today. I think it was a, a great show. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, we'll get a lot of retention, a lot of listeners. And um, yeah, one last question. Uh, if people have questions about it, can they ping you uh, by email or can they can they get in touch sure. with you? Um, yeah, cool. Uh, sure, anytime. Uh, you reach me on with my my normal name on most of the channels and uh, just just ping me or it's lennart.witkin at colin-level uh, colin-level.de okay cool thank you very much um, yeah everyone else have a great day um, tune in to all of the other episodes if you want to know more about marketing and if you want to know more about creativity uh, you can as always find the show notes um, with the episode wishing you a great day and bye bye Thank you. Bye-bye.